Well, good evening, everybody. How you doing there, Standing Stones? Penny Van? Catherine? Hello there. Welcome on a cold evening. Hope everybody's staying warm. Amy C. Missy Hammer. It's hammer time. Break it out. Nikki, welcome. Nice to see you, Nikki. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Squatch and holler. Denise, Roger, and Tracy, what's going on? Hey, not much, Grizz. How are you holding up? Oh, trying to stay warm. I see FDL is sneaking in the background. Welcome. Yes, it's been a super cold where we're at. We're up here by St. Louis, and it's uh it's been a been a good one. <laughs> yes, it's uh I'm glad I don't own a Tesla. <laughs> Anyways, we won't go there tonight. So what we got cooking tonight? So we have a pretty good guest on tonight. Uh, Connie Koenig is her name. And we'll bring her on and we'll let her talk about it. Welcome, <laughs> Connie. How you doing? Uh-oh. She lost audio, ladies and gentlemen. It's we not me this gremlins. time. We got gremlins in the stage. So uh, we can do sign language. <laughs> so we will uh, reboot her here, and that way she can reset herself. While she's doing that, uh, and the reason why I say won't own a Tesla, uh, everybody got stranded uh, during this cold blast, which is hilarious, right? They couldn't charge yeah. the cars. <laughs> <laughs> but your battery's got to be warm before you charge it. Yeah, Welcome, Judy, yeah. Kyle Smith. Uh, we want we watch a uh, a show from Britain. And I can't think of the name of it, but it's where they test all the cars out and stuff. And they had a BMW on last night. Uh, now can you hear us? I can. All right. Welcome. The, there was well, zero well, sound as soon as I went backstage. And I was like, is this normal? Because I don't remember this happening before. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice to have you. So introduce yourself. My name is Connie. On Facebook, you can find me under Connie Katana. It's spelled C-A-H-N-I, so that's not a mistake. That's actually how my name is spelled. I'm a clinical, interpersonal, and transpersonal hypnotherapist. I'm also a Karuna and Usui Reiki master. I'm a psychic medium. I'm a full Mesa carrier shaman from the Incan Peruvian lineage of the Caro. Um, and I'm a paranormal investigator. I am the... West Coast lead for the Paranormal Existence Research Society. Um, Bill Slevin, he heads up the East Coast of Florida. He's the team owner, and we've got divisions in Tennessee and in the Midwest as well. And I'm also a member of the Warren Legacy Foundation for Paranormal Research. I think that's it. <laughs> wow. Awesome. So, so I'm going to start off here. My, my wife and I were, were talking earlier about the shaman we we're we're novice when it comes to that w would you mind explaining what what that means to people that, sure. that may not so exactly know a shaman is somebody who essentially works in the spirit world so um i facilitate healing sessions for others um but shamanism is a way of life it's not like a practice it's not something that you just do here and there. Um, I went through a very lengthy apprenticeship in order to become a shaman. Um, this was not something that was self-appointed. 
I am not Native American. As I had said, this is a um, Incan Peruvian lineage, but they wanted this lineage to to be shared with the West because they are a dying breed. You know, they um, have their kids that are growing up and they don't want to be in the mountains growing potatoes and and you know raising llamas and things like that they want to go out into the west and you know be involved with technology and all kinds of things so they wanted their teachings to be taught to you know uh, spread peace and and you know healing throughout the world so what i do um you know i do some very interesting work i do things like soul retrieval um that is where you know we lose fragments of our souls during times of trauma um deaths relationships accidents surgeries it's just something that naturally happens and so i go and i can retrieve those soul fragments and bring them back um I do things uh, called depossessions, <laughs> which essentially is uh, extracting an entity or whatever may be there. You know, it could be something really bad. It could be ancestral. Ancestral is the most common thing that that is extracted. Um, people seem to think that attachments are something that is, you know, it's it's super rare, but it's not. Everybody will have an attachment at some point in their life, if not several. Um, and I've had plenty of my own removed. And I've been, uh, even before I was into this work, you know, I already had attachments and I knew that from a young age. Um, I work with the chakras. I work in the energetic field. Um, everything that I do is spirit led. So it's kind of like a session is kind of like a ceremony that I do and um, I am guided into what I feel is best for the client. And then once I'm done, I give the client homework um, because it's not just waving a magic wand. If you don't heal the hooks, um, you know, these things can come back or we can attract other things. So we have to take responsibility for our own healing. So, you know, I, I work very much in the spirit world. I um, work with ancestors. I help to heal other people's, you know, family members as well. Sometimes I have to bring them into the session to heal them. Um, healing an ancestor helps to heal us. You know, it's seven generations forwards and backwards. And so, you know, it all just really fit in with, um, you know, my particular path and, and, you know, what I felt that I needed to do. I've been a seeker of, of, you know, the unusual for my whole entire life. And so, um, going down the, the shamanic route, that was, you know, really something that felt natural for me. Um, the words that are used, um, you know, they're not in English they are Quechua and it's not a written language. But when I began to hear the words, it's like they were famili familiar to me. It's like I was remembering. And when um, I was in my apprenticeship, they would explain a technique and they would say, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. Um, and 
I would just do it. It made sense to me. You know, I didn't have to refer to my notes. Um, I do soul contract retrievals. So we look at soul contracts because we've got many, many contracts, some that we're born with and others that we kind of write for ourselves along the way. And so I can help <coughs> change the contracts. So um, it's a very different line of work. <laughs> you know, I'm not... Yeah. I'm not your average person, you know, a lot of paranormal investigators, you know, they, they uh, do other things during the day and I just couldn't, you know, I, I knew that I just could not have a regular job. Um, I actually was interested in becoming a mortician at one point. And the only reason why I was not able to do that um, is is because of the current job that I had at the time. It was going to be too difficult for me to go through school, um, and and uh, and work at this job that I was at. So I'm very fortunate. Um, I became a hypnotherapist, and then I, you know, went down the the path of mediumship, and then I ended up in uh, shamanism, and everything just really came together at that point and felt right for me. So when, what, how does one go about getting into the apprenticeship for that? I mean, to me, like I said, I'm a novice. I mean, obviously you, you were talking that you always felt kind of natural, natural with that, but how, how did you find that the place to go to for that? So um, there I, I have a friend and she and I, like, we were just taking all kinds of different classes together. And she and I actually met um, in a mediumship class because, you know, I, I didn't know what I was at one point. You know, I knew that I was something. And um, I was like, I have to figure this out, you know, and see if if this is something that I can do. And I can. And actually, anybody can. And, and I always have a disclaimer everything that I do, anybody can do as well. Anybody can learn how to do everything that I do. Um, so, you know, it's not like I'm, I was born with all of this stuff. You know, I put a lot of time and effort and energy into it. Um, and I learned, but a very good friend of mine, she and I were in all these different classes together. And it's like, we were just seeking and seeking and seeking. And it's like, you know, what are we supposed to do? And and she called me one day and she said, I found these classes and it's called Munaki. And I think, you know, it's, it's some sort of shamanic initiation and, and I really want to do it. And I was like, immediately, I was like, yep. I already knew. I was like, yep. So Munaki is kind of like, it's a shamanic initiation. So uh, you receive nine angelic downloads, and these downloads help you to work in the spirit world, and it helps with protection, and it helps you to be more connected to things. It helps, you know, with abilities. Um, and some people just do Munaki. They just do it, you know, for themselves, and then they don't go any further with it. But I chose, you know, to actually go through the apprenticeship program. Um, so I started with Munaki and received the angelic downloads. Um, but I'm in Florida and there are places in Florida that 
that, you know, um, offer this type of thing. If anybody's interested, you know, this isn't something that I feel you can just learn from YouTube videos or, um, you know, a written course or even just, you know, uh, watching videos. This is a very hands-on thing and you go through your own healing. Um, so I feel like it's very important to actually go somewhere, go to a center, a shamanic center to learn. And I don't know anything about other lineages. I know that if you're not of, an, not of a Native American descent, you cannot just go and be a Native American medicine man or medicine woman. And that's another term for shaman, medicine woman, medicine man. Um, so, you know, I don't know if other lineages allow, you know, outsiders other than the one that I am involved with. I'm sure that, you know, there's plenty of different types out there. Um, but I, you know, if anybody feels drawn to it, I would say, you know, look up a shamanic school, you know, see, see if there's something in your area. There were people that were from out of state that were going to the school that I went to. Um, and, you know, it was absolutely 100% worth it, you know, and it, it really changed my life. It changes the way that you think about things. It changes how you look at the world and it changes your connection with the world as well that that is awesome chris are you are, how familiar are you with what she's talking about so i know somewhat right uh it depends on i mean there's different levels and there's different techniques uh so there's a variety from my understanding but uh i like for her to hypnotize you and make you uh act like a chicken <laughs> <laughs> So. I'll, I'll do without that. <laughs> so before you became became this, were you interested in the, the paranormal field? Or, and did you feel it calling you to go to that? And I know you said when you got there, you, it was almost natural to you. But were you investigating before that or, or what was yeah, that? Yeah, I was. So um, growing up, I had a huge fascination with everything that was weird and I couldn't get enough of cryptids and the Loch Ness monster and, and um, Bigfoot and ghosts and all these things. And I was sensitive, but it scared me at the same time because I wanted to have experiences, but I didn't want to have them alone. So, you know, I, I had this huge fear that all of a sudden I would like see like a woman dragging her bloody head around my house or something like that. And um, so, you know, I had I had a lot of fear with it. You know, it's kind of like, let me just like peek, peek out from behind the blanket a little bit, you know, because I have to watch. I have to see. Um, but I was just so obsessed with horror movies at the time and um, you know, my parents, they would just let me watch whatever. And I would just <laughs> watch all these scary things. And then I wouldn't be able to sleep or I'd be afraid to go to the bathroom or turn the lights out. Um, but my dad was very much into metaphysics and reincarnation and, uh, you know, was very much into the whole ghost thing. And so I would talk to him about these things. And he was kind of scared about things too, you know, but he had abilities. And I remember I, I was seeing auras, but I didn't understand what they were. And I didn't understand like 
when when he told me what they were, it didn't make sense to me that I was seeing them around inanimate objects as well, but everything has energy. So you can see the energy, you know, of anything. And so I, at that time, I was just like fascinated. And so I would just like, you know, stare at people and, and um, try to figure it out and, and see how it made me feel and everything. But I just kept having this problem where anything that felt different was bad, you know, just because it was different. I wasn't able to discern. It was just kind of like, oh my gosh, there's something here. There's something going on. So it has to be bad. And that's just what my mind would jump to. As a teenager, luckily I was able to coerce my friends into going to the cemeteries and the creepy places and, you know, to explore the urban legends. I'm from Maryland. And so, you know, we have the Crybaby Bridge and when I was 18, I found out about an abandoned hospital that was there. And that was my first huge investigation. We just, you know, went up in there and I went there several times. And the first time I went there, I ended up with poison ivy all over my face somehow. I have no clue uh -oh. how that happened. I was with 10 guys and I end up with poison ivy on my face. Like we walked through a patch of woods you know, the size of a bedroom <laughs> and, and I don't remember touching anything and somehow I get poison ivy. Um, but right away, I'll never forget, I climbed in through a window and, and we had to run across an open field. There was a police substation on the property. Don't do anything illegal, guys. Don't do anything illegal. Um, so yeah, um, I climbed in through a window and I was the first one in and I was in the chapel and I was like, whoa, <laughs> there were hymn books like on the, of the ground and, and a pentagram and all this stuff. I was like, okay, this is serious. This is some serious stuff. And, you know, I had a lot of experiences there and I, I would love to go back there, but I think they tore it down a couple of years ago. Um, but there were tunnels underneath of the buildings there were multiple buildings and you could go in the tunnels and i remember these tunnels flooded and we were wading in waist deep water in these tunnels and now that i think about it i'm like that's really gross like i don't even know what could have been in that water you know so um, you're brave <laughs> yeah yeah and and we, we we got to a gate and we couldn't go any further um but, you know, I absolutely could not get enough of that. Like, I loved it. And then, you know, I would investigate people's houses. And I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I was just with friends. And, and I'd be like, you've got something going on. Let's see what will happen. You know, let's, let's try this. Let's turn out the lights. You know, let's try knocking on the wall. You know, I would try these different things. And sometimes I would get scared. But, um we would keep going and, you know, then there's like the haunted road where somebody chases you down the road and, you know, um, going off into the woods and trying to find the witch's house and just, you know, all this craziness. And so I was always into it, but I was blocking myself essentially. And I also didn't know how to utilize my abilities and everybody has the ability to do spirit communication. People don't realize that. There is not one person that I can think of 
that doesn't have some kind of story, whether it's I had a premonition, I had a visitation dream, I knew, you know, somebody was going to die. I saw this accident happen right before it happened. I, I saw my grandmother. I heard something like every single person has some kind of story, even if it's really, really small. Um, everybody has a story. And yeah. a lot of times we just don't know how to, t to tell when these other senses kick in or what they feel like. And so I went through, I went through a class and when I was in the class, I remember I was like, I don't know if I can do this. It was mediumship. And I was like, I don't even know, like, I don't know if I can do this. They blindfolded me and put somebody in front of me. I had no clue who they were. They could not speak. They could only tap my me for yes. And if it was no, then they wouldn't touch me. And so I just started talking and I like brought somebody in and, you know, and, and it worked. And I was like, this is what it feels like. And so I took it further and I ended up in a mediumship circle where we would practice every other week. Um, I did some, uh, some um, trans mediumship, which is where they speak through you. Um, and then I kind of plateaued with the person that was teaching. And so I was looking for somebody else and I happened to find somebody else and they took things to a whole new level for me. And I was, I like very, very surprised, but um, to back up a little bit, I was being tormented in my office, in my office where I do hypnotherapy. Yeah. So I became a hypnotherapist. I was already doing investigations and things like that, but I was being tormented by an angry spirit in my office. And yeah. that like, it was like opening the floodgates of the dam. Um, that's when I first started seeing and hearing and, and, these things just kicked in that were undeniable because this was a really, really strong spirit. He was mentally ill in life. I believe he had attachments in life. And I believe that he still had those attachments after he passed. And I think that it just was fuel for him because I'm telling you, I've never encountered anything so strong. It was so strong that I was having intrusive thoughts and I thought that I was becoming possessed or that I was becoming schizophrenic or something was happening to me. Um, but I'm a, a trans medium and I'm, it, it comes natural to me. And so he was intruding into my mind and that's how strong he was. I've never had anything do that to me since then. Um, I'm in control of that. So I think that, you know, once I learned what it was and, and that was just somebody telling me like, oh no, like you're not possessed, you're a trans medium and um, you know, you're in control of that. Once I was told I was in control, that was it. I'm in control. So yeah. uh, spiritual boundaries are like a really big thing for me. So I, I talk about that all the time, like how important it is if you're going to do this work. Um, you know, you need to have spiritual boundaries. And even if you're not going to do this work, you know, you need to have yeah. some boundaries of some sort because you can get an attachment at Target. 
<laughs> so, you know. So something you said there uh, piqued my interest about he, that spirit was already dead, but the attachment would still be with them. Is, is that possible? Yes, I absolutely 100% believe that. Because at, I was born point, with attachment, okay. right? So I, I was born with an attachment. So this attachment, you know, I'm a fragment of whoever my soul being is, right? So I've like, let's say I've lived 10 lives. I've had more than that, I know. Um, but let's say I've had 10 lives. The whole soul is not coming in for each life. It's a fragment. So I wonder if I could be haunting another place right now, right? Like maybe another fragment of me yeah. is haunting another place. And maybe if I get some healing work done of some sort, maybe through past life regression work or shamanic healing or, you know, something else, maybe it heals that fragment and I stop haunting that place, right? So I feel like, you know, I, I got an attachment but the attachment that I was born with was actually another fragment of me because it was me in a past life. <laughs> so that's, that's a lot. That's like a lot. I know it's a lot. But like it was me in a past life and there were two of them. There was the child self and the adult self and they were attached to me when I came in. And so I believe that, you know, when we pass, you know, this, this spirit that was antagonizing me, I don't like, I, I believe that he knew he had passed, but he was choosing not to move forward. And so he was still stuck in the same mindset that he was in when he was living. He was still angry. He was still, you know, trying to project, um, long story short, he, I believe he died in prison. Um, my landlord was a forensic psychologist and he would say whether or not people were fit for trial. And so I believe that he had said that this man was fit for trial and he was not. And um, so he was sentenced. I believe he died in prison and he was after my landlord, but my landlord was oblivious. So I was the one that was being tormented because I could see him and hear him and feel him. So he still, you know, was harboring all of these human emotions and, and feeling the need for revenge. And so I absolutely believe that whatever he had in life, whatever attachments he had, he also had after he passed. Wow. So that, that, that was to a me lot. Is, Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's fine. To me, it's kind of concerning because a few years ago, you know, I'd, I'd had an issue on, on a hunt and, uh, you know, uh, I, it, it ended up kind of messing with my neck a little bit, almost got a shadow go through me, stuff like that. But in the long run, I ended up going to a healer. I'm from Alton, Illinois. So, you know, we have the Mineral Springs Mall here, and they actually have spiritual people there and healers. And I went there and never told her about this Indian that I, or Native American that I used to see all the time. You know, growing up, uh, my wife even, I, w I was waking up in the middle of the night like once every six, seven months, just scared, scared still. I couldn't move, talk, just, uh, and she'd have to wake me up. And 
I went to the spiritual healer and she said to make an offering to it. And it's been about two years. So, so far after two years, I haven't seen or had any, you know, anything to do with that. You know, mm -hmm. thank God, you know, I'm not scared like that anymore, but I'm hoping that that, that was enough to where I don't have that. And after I pass and I have that attachment coming with me, I noticed a, a question on their Grizz and, and, and some comments. What would you think about those? Uh, if you don't mind. All right. So let's break it down scientifically. Right. So if we look at the string theory, right. All matter is energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. Right. So when we die, that our energy is transferred to something else. It is proven that with people that they come back in another reality or a different life. And when I say that, ladies and gentlemen, we look at this. There has been studies that shown that kids have come back and claim that they have lived in another reality. We're talking six, seven, eight, nine-year-olds that has no memory or understanding of history or wars or anything that they can actually take you to a foreign country and show you and explain you everything that they have done. And it has been documented with medical records, mail, hospital records, court records, arrest records, everything. And this baffled uh, society. So actually years ago did a show on it. Now, if we look at this theory, right? So somebody talked about how can that be possible? So in, if, so let's look at the biblical reference. So religion, take religion out because religion is man-made. Uh, a lot of people think that when you die, uh, you do, there's places where you go, but however, uh, you can be recycled and there's reasons why you can be recycled because some people claim that a, uh, you not have fulfilled your duties on earth. So you have to come back, however, whatever you believe in, but each time that you recycle, you take a part of that. soul that you were prior in that life with you to your new journey. So if you live six to 12 souls, 12 or six to 12 bodies, each part of that soul comes with you. This is what she was talking it's about. It's all connected. Yes. So this is where string theory comes back. Mm -hmm. Then somebody talked about generational curses. Now I have prayers for generational curses. And yes, that is true that they are theoretically correct. And that is possible and i do believe in that so yes i mean those are good questions so yes does that answer your question yeah 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 i think yeah. so i would so was i i guess am i to assume if that theory was is correct that i may have been a native american in the past that is possible and the only way to find out is to have her do two things either A, to look into your past or to hypnotize you and do a past life regression on you. And that will reveal your past. I love doing past life regressions. They're super so, yes. interesting. And I, I prefer to do the past life regression rather than just telling somebody, you know, what I get, because it's, more interesting for the client to have that experience themselves. You know what I mean? And to get that information themselves. And I try to help people get names and dates and places and all kinds of things. And I've had people who have been able to validate who they were in a past life. I had one client who found a picture of who he was and his name um, back in whatever time it was, I think it was like the 30s, 
it was spelled very unusually. Um, he got his wife's name, his kids' names, where he worked, um, you know, very, very specific information. And so it's really, really cool that it doesn't happen all the time where you get yeah. that much detail. Sometimes I feel like the subconscious is like, I don't want you to focus on that. I want you to focus on this. Or sometimes maybe it just doesn't carry that information over because that's not of importance, you know, but I do it, you know, not really for tourism, but for healing. And I believe that if, if the past life comes in for a reason, you know, it, it's going to come in for a reason. I'll say like, let's look at the past life that is affecting you most today. Or, you know, if you feel really drawn to something, then, then there's definitely, you know, some strings attached, you know, perhaps to a place or, um, you know, a particular era. So I like to look at those things. But, you know, like I said, I, I think that it's more fun for the client to explore that themselves. Well, somebody made a comment in the chat. It's that it's kind of odd and strange. However, that may be to certain people, it's not widely discussed or mainstream. If you go back, let's go back you know, in different cultures, it is discussed and it is something that's common knowledge, For but sure. in our society, it's not. So just because it's not in our society doesn't mean it's, you know, gospel. Uh, so if people have a rough time, you know, seeing that or understanding, which I understand that. And I tell people, you know, like, take what you like and leave what you don't. There are plenty of things that I did not believe in until I had my own experiences. And so that's what's so cool about spirituality is that you can have your own experiences and your experiences can, can, be, can be completely different from mine and that doesn't make them wrong, you know, and that doesn't make me wrong. But I invite people, like, have your experiences, like, look into things. Um, there are still some things that like people talk about where I'm like, nope, I, I like, I don't believe that. Like that just doesn't sit right with me. But who knows a year from now, I could be saying something completely different. Right. Absolutely true. Well, that's extreme. That's extremely interesting. You had brought up dreams. So just an, an example, my wife, every once in a while dreams about her father and she'll wake up and you know, he's passed away and it's like very vivid to her and like it was almost real and her son who had passed away years ago like very vivid to her mm -hmm. i mean is that possible that 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 could happen to absolutely absolutely um you know visitation dreams sometimes it's like they're stronger than a regular dream. You know what I mean? Sometimes people will tell me that they wake up and they're like in shock that 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 person is not sitting there with them because it felt so real, you know, and um, it's a very common thing to have visitation dreams. And I don't have them very often. Um, but when I do, you know, I, I cherish that. And I remember um, I had two family members that were estranged and one of them passed away. And um, the one that was still alive, he actually had a dream about the one that had passed. And in that dream, um, they made up. And he said that when he woke up, it was so vivid to him that, you know, like I said before, he was in shock that he wasn't sitting in the room with him. And, and he was like, it was so real. You know, it, it was just yeah. so, so real. And, you know, that's really a beautiful thing. Almost uh, like a closure thing as well. Yeah. Too. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, Liana's asking you, have you ever done future life progressions? And what are your thoughts on that, ma'am? I have never done future life. I never heard. Never. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that was an interesting question. I've heard of it. Um, they touched on it when I was in hypnotherapy school. Um, I went to hypnotherapy school for about nine months and we spent a lot of time in the transpersonal, which is, you know, dealing with alien abduction and, and things like that. Um, but we really didn't do future life progression and I haven't had anybody, um, you know, I've been doing hypnotherapy since 2015. Um, I've never had anybody ask me for that. <laughs> so Interesting. That's something that I don't know a whole lot about. Yeah. Amy C or Amy WC extraction versus exorcism. What is the difference, if any? What are your thoughts? An exorcism is done by a priest. So, you know, that's that's their technique. That's how they do things is through an exorcism. Um, depossession is is just a loosely used word for whatever it may be. Um, whatever it may be, I would use the same exact method um, to, to get it out. And then, you know, if it's spirit, then it's going to go wherever it needs to go. Um, if it is demonic, it's going to go back to where it came from. Awesome. So fast forward now, you're, you've gone through your apprenticeship. You, you've you know, got, got what you're doing now and everything, which is awesome. Your uh, your uh, Florida West Coast chapter of the per Paranormal Existence Research Society. Can, can you talk about that, how that came together and what you guys do? Sure. So um, Bill Slevin, he is the head of the Paranormal Existence Research Society. And he and I were friends on social media and um, he happened to be in Orlando and he's like, Hey, you know, I'd really like to connect with you and, and talk to you. And I was like, okay. And he was at a Paracon. And so I went up there and met him and his wife and um, you know, we just clicked like right away. Like we became like fast friends, um, tons to talk about because, you know, he's been in the paranormal for 30 plus yeah. years. And so at that time I was involved with another team. And so, you know, the team that I was on at that time, it really wasn't doing a whole lot. Um, there were people that were um, in the process of moving. And so we just were not having a lot of, a lot of cases and things going on. And so um, I told Bill, I was like, Hey, I'm ready. Cause I knew. And so um, I became the, the team lead for the West coast, but we take cases, you know, all over Florida. Um, and there are, you know, other chapters as well. Um, and he's also part of the leadership of the Warren Legacy Foundation yep. for Paranormal Research, um, that was started by Chris McKinnell, who is Ed and Lorraine Warren's grandson. He started that along with Lorraine before she passed. And so Bill is, is very heavily involved with that as well. And, um, you know, so we, we will handle anything that comes our way. We don't, whether it's through PERS or Warren Legacy Foundation, we don't 
abandon people. And I think that that's very important because um, I was on a team many, many moons ago. And if we didn't know what to do with something, um, we kind of just left it alone. And that was a huge disservice to the client. And I remember being upset about it. And I was like, we can't do this. Like we need to help people. Like if this is what we're telling people that we're doing, then we need to do it. Like we have to reach out to somebody or we have to do something because people are, are terrified, you know, and you don't want to give them false hope. And so we, you know, we'll go above and beyond not only to find resources for people if they need them, um, but we empower our clients. And that's something that's very important. You know, I want to teach you how to clear out your house or to, um, you know, develop spiritual boundaries. Because if I don't do that, then your problem could come right back. And so, you know, we work very hard to do that. Um, and if it's a case, you know, it doesn't matter what faith the person is. We have people and connections, um, you know, to work with that. Um, so we we don't give up on people. Yeah. No, and, and and the Warren Legacy Foundation, uh, for people that are listening that may not be familiar with it, there's actually a, a website with them and there's a form online that if you're having issues, you can fill that form out on their website and they will they will work with you. I, I'm basically an, an inactive member right now. Uh, I started last year with them and about a month into it, I ended up starting music. So I got into the music, made an album and stuff like that. So I've been pursuing that. Uh, Jeff Schlachter is, is, is the person I worked through. He is my sponsor when I went in. So it's a great organization. So if people have any issues, that, that is a good organization to reach for out sure. to. For sure. For sure. And, you know, if you're in Florida, um, Paranormal Existence Research Society, we've got a form on our website as well. Okay. And, you know, it, it's all about helping people. And, you know, we don't charge for this. You know, it, it's it's really just trying to help people and help spirits as much as possible. Liana King's asking a question, extraterrestrials experience or any thoughts on the subject? I 1000% do believe. Um, I was trained um, on how to help people who have been abducted. And I've had, quite a few people come to me who wanted to recall their abductee experiences. Sometimes it's, you know, I want to go back to the very first time that it happened or, um, you know, the last time, or I have questions about something. Um, nobody has come to me though, that was terrified saying, I don't know if it happened and I want to find out if it happened. That hasn't happened. So I'm grateful for that because Honestly, that's something that scares me. <laughs> right, absolutely. You know, like, like, if aliens were to come, like, what are you supposed to do? You know what I mean? Like, you can't hide. You can't go anywhere, you know? Um, I don't have a basement. I'm in Florida. So uh, that's a very intimidating thing. I did do a CE5, if you're familiar with that. That is Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. So... That is, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five. So I I don't know what all five are. And if you ask me, I'm going to screw it up. But it's like, 
seeing a spacecraft, having an encounter with with an alien, being abducted. Um, five is human initiated contact. I can tell you that. So you do this meditation and this meditation, it's, it's pretty lengthy, but you know, you don't have to be in a group. You could do it by yourself, uh, but you want to be outside and it raises your vibration and your vibration calls to them. And so the matching, you know, vibration is what you get in return. So it's not going to call in anything that's malicious is what I'm trying to say. Um, but it's important if you do it with other people that they're taking it seriously. They don't think that it's a joke or they're, you know, um, sitting there like, yeah, right. Nothing's going to happen. You know, that will not raise the vibration where it needs to be. Um, we did see some stuff in the sky, but at the same time, um, this is a very interesting like combo platter of a story. I was sitting there doing the CE5 and as a medium, you are able to see in your third eye. So I can see around me, I could see with my eyes closed, I could see what was going to happen. And all of a sudden I see this thing coming up behind me and it was big and dark and shaggy. And I was like, that's a Bigfoot. And there were horses off to the side and they were really, really restless. And then I had a vision that this creature was going to go like this and engulf me and engulf like my whole entire body. And when that happened, um, I sat up really tall and I said, I'm a shaman, don't mess with me. And that was just something that instinctually came out of my mouth. Um, normally, when something paranormal is happening, I welcome it. I've had things wrap around me. I've had things get super close to me. And I welcome that because I want to know what it is. And it's not intimidating to me. But whatever this was, I don't know what its intentions were, but it was not love. It was not trying to hug me. It was not trying to do something pleasant. And, uh, you know, I had just watched all these shows about people who disappear from the woods. And I don't know if maybe that triggered something subconsciously because like, what if it was going to snatch me and like take me somewhere, you know? What if it was going to take me into another dimension? I don't know, but it felt like it felt like a soldier is what it felt like that was doing a job. And once I said that, once I said I'm a shaman, don't mess with me, it just went and sucked back and was gone. Wow. Yeah, and I was going to ask you about about Bigfoots because you know, you're talking Grizz is a, a, a not a master, but he is a very well educated. I dabble it in a little bit. <laughs> I've had a couple of experiences and they were in the same place. And, you know, part of me is like, man, I wish I had just let it do whatever it was going to do because that curiosity in me, I want to know. But at the same time, my instinct had me do that. It just happened and came out of my mouth. And so I have to just trust that 
that was for a reason. Interesting. Shaman's asking you a question. I don't know if I'm going to uh, pronounce this right. Do you death Dahlia? Do you? Death D-O-U-L-A? So, um, doula. Okay. So I'm not a death doula. Um, I had looked into that. Um, being a death doula, that is something that is for a very, very special person to do. So what a death doula does is they are with the person during their end of life. Um, you know, they help them to get their affairs in order. They help them to get, you know, whatever needs to be done to be done. You know, if they want to reach out to a family member, if they, you know, have unfinished business, but you're with them and you, when, when it's like their time, they will have a doula with them until it's their time to pass. And so, um, you know, it's a very, very important and, um, you know, because we have birth doulas that help you come into the world. So the death doula helps you to leave the world. So that's not something that I do. Interesting. Amy C., the Amy W. C., how do you know when the angelic download is complete? Um, so it's a ceremony that happens. And so we, we have the ceremony and, um, we have something special during the ceremony that's done. And, um, you know, I have something called a pie stone here and the pie stone also receives the download as well. And so we have another shaman that, you know, gives you the download, um, and sometimes you feel it. Sometimes you you feel what's going on, but it's it's a beautiful ceremony that happens. Interesting. Now on uh, the hypnotherapy thing, just curious, kind of a little bit off the, the topic. So I know that you're you're serious when you do this with clients and stuff like that. But I have to ask if have you ever done anything like I just have a friend come in and you hypnotize them, make them bark like a dog or something like that? I'm just yeah. just curious. <laughs> so, um, stage hypnosis is real. Mm -hmm. There, there are some good ones and there are some bad ones. Um, but it's kind of like you're taking the other person's suggestions and you're just doing them. So if the hypnotist or hypnotherapist, hypnotist, somebody that I consider, you know, is, is doing it for non-therapeutic reasons, but different yeah. states classify it in different ways. So you know, if they say, put your arm up, you put your arm up. They say, put your arm down, you put your arm down. If they tell you to close your eyes, you close your eyes. So the more you follow the instructions, the deeper you go. And it's about relaxation. Your body relaxes and your mind relaxes. So when that happens, it gets to a certain point, your subconscious opens up. Now, as far as clucking like a chicken or barking like a dog or singing the national anthem or whatever the case may be, it can help you to be more inhibited, uninhibited, so that perhaps you would do something that you may be a little bit shy to do. But if it is against your morals, if it's against your beliefs, you will not do it. And your mind, um, your mind is very powerful. So I always tell people you cannot get stuck in hypnosis. You are not under anybody else's control. You are fully 
in control at all times. You could open your eyes, you could stop. Um, there was a, a case in South America where a hypnotist was coming to do a show and these two girls walked by a poster of this guy and instantly became hypnotized and they couldn't like get out of hypnosis. And so the guy had to come and get them out of hypnosis because that was their belief that that could happen. So your, be your belief creates your reality. So that's why I always explain to people like, I can't make you give me your bank account number. I can't make you do something foolish if you don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not going to happen. If barking like a dog is like the most embarrassing thing that you could possibly think of, if I tried to get you to do it, you're going to say no. <laughs> and, yeah, I hope you don't think I was being disrespectful. I just, oh, I know yeah. me, if I had that or was able to do that, I would have to get one of my friends over and I have to seriously mess with them. I was going to play a joke on you. I was going to get ready to tell you it already happened. <laughs> and we filmed it. Yeah, there it is. What was I doing, Grizz? <laughs> I was going to say that, but I couldn't keep a straight face. Uh, Brian Barber's asking, do you believe in subliminal messages and media? Subliminal messages and media. Okay. Yes. So subliminal messages are illegal to use in advertising. Um, you know, there are some things like, like if you look at certain logos, there's like something hidden in the logo, but the but it's not anything that is like buy this product. It might be like, oh look, there's a little man there, and I didn't realize that there was. Um, subliminals are thirty percent effective. 30% is not enough for me. So if I'm going to give somebody a recording with subliminals on it, which I do sometimes like to help them to quit smoking, I give it to them in addition to other things because that's not enough. 30% is not enough. Um, but they used to use it in advertising. They had it in the movie theaters. It would flash on the screen and it would say, buy popcorn. And they found that 30% of popcorn, popcorn sales went up 30%. And so that's why it became illegal in advertising. From what I was told, and I don't know if this is true, I was told that some department stores still use subliminals when they play music, but their subliminals say things like, don't shoplift, pay for your purchases, things like that. It's not like buy more stuff, but I don't know because every time I go into Target, you know, I intend on getting two things and I end up like $200 later. So Target might be doing it. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. That's a good question though. That was great. Great interview. This is, this is awesome. And how does everybody find you and, and uh, hook up with you and monitor you and everything Talk else? me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so Connie Katana is my name on Facebook. Um, and Connie Hypnotherapy, spelled the same way, C-A-H-N-I. That's my website. Um, Paranormal Connie on Instagram. I'm on Instagram and TikTok, but I haven't been very active on them and I really need to be. I've just been busy, but I do offer sessions remotely. Everything that I do in person, I can do remotely as well. And it is just as effective, even with the shamanic healing. I've had people tell me that they feel me moving the energy in their, in their body. Um, but, you know, as long as you can be in a place where you're undisturbed, then you can do it. So, um, 
yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. Awesome. Wonderful. What do you Tracy? Oh, 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 and I'm going to be at MegaCon. If anybody's in Florida, I'm going to be at MegaCon with Paranormal Existence Research Society. Uh, it's the first weekend of February, and I'm also, uh, we're doing a few panels there, paranormal stuff, and I'm also doing one about spirit communication with August Gonsalves, and he actually was the one who really opened me up so that I could really, you know, communicate with spirit and um, really showed me just how easy it was. He's the one that took me to the next level. And so we are teaching people how to do it during the awesome. camp. That, that, that awesome. is great. And where, that. where is that going to be located at? In Orlando. Orlando. Great. Yes. Well, he's the, he's the uh, new age myth buster on TikTok, and he's got a lot of, uh, good information out there there's a there's a lot of fake accounts that are mimicking his but his is the one that has the most followers so if anybody right. follow glad, him glad to see knowledge getting passed on yes Definitely. for sure all right well, ladies and gentlemen from coast to coast and around the world we'll catch nine at nine o'clock see thank ya. you bye-bye thank you, thank you.